University and Maryville Hockey present Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Brought to you by Caesars Entertainment. Nationwide or worldwide, there will always be a Caesars Resort in the center of the action. Verizon Wireless, this is 5G built right. By Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas. Championship taste for lunch, dinner, or a pregame feast. Maryville University and Maryville Hockey. Big city lifestyle, small school feel, first-class hockey experience. Behind the Mask and BehindTheMask.com for all of your hockey needs, on ice or in line. By OxyPow, our chemical-free line of cleaning product gets the funk out of your equipment or office. By M-Drive, presenting partner of What Drives You, M-Drive for energy, stamina, recovery. By the University of Arizona. And by Summer Skates. Show off your team pride with shower shoes and koozies for the whole squad at icetimehockeysw.com slash partners and click on the Summer Skates banner. Maryville University and Maryville University Hockey Club Hockey Southwest Weekly is a part of the icetimehockeysw.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Stephen Marsh. All right, welcome in club hockey fans, college hockey fans, any type of hockey fans that might be listening to us live tonight on the Podbean app. As always, Wednesday night, 7.30 p.m., this is Club Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by Maryville University and Maryville University Hockey, the Saints that present our show, and we are so thankful to have them. Scott Strandy joining you from Scottsdale, Arizona tonight. Stephen Marsh, my co-host, as always, joining me from that beautiful, vibrant city of Las Vegas, Nevada. Stephen, how are you? Well, Scott, uh, good evening to you. Uh, I, I would be lying if I said I was doing well. I'm doing well personally, but, you know, as in light of what's taking place today, uh, you know, it's a, it's one of those things, you know, it's just what what we see today happen in D.C. It's just, it's it's unfortunate and it's it's sad and it's upsetting. But um, we're here to talk about hockey, and there is a lot of exciting things about hockey. It might not it might not seem important right now with everything that took place today, but at least for this next hour, we can we can talk about stuff that is a distraction from that a little bit. But uh, but other than that, we're doing we're doing hanging in there. All right, Stephen, I appreciate you bringing that up because, uh, like you said, this is a hockey show. But uh, times, as I mentioned to you off uh, off the air, uh, times you have to reflect a little bit and see what's going on in the country around you. Hockey is a small part of uh, the United States of America. Uh, right now and for a number of years, we have been battling um, uh, lots of things. I mean, we talk about the division and, and race and all of those different things. And I promise, folks, I'm not going to go on very long with this, but uh, I think it's important that we mention it. We're, we're in the middle of a pandemic. And, Stephen, you know as well as I do just how bad that pandemic is. And uh, I get frustrated every day when I'm out there wearing my mask and being socially distant and using hand sanitizer and washing my hands and doing everything that I'm doing. And then I see people around me who are just completely disregarding it. That alone is frustrating. But today, Stephen, today was the ultimate frustration. Our sacred capital in the United States in Washington, D.C. was overrun by nothing more than thugs, nothing less than thugs. Thugs. That's what they were. They're thugs. Uh, I don't care what side of the aisle you're on, Republican or Democrat. That doesn't matter. What matters right now is this is a free and democratic society, and you are not allowed to uh, run wild in the capital of our country 
destroy things, um, break things. Uh, a lady was killed today in the capital yeah. of the United States of America. Yeah. So, so I want to start tonight by saying uh, I very much spent a good portion of the day wondering if we even should do a show. That's how serious I take this matter. Um, I didn't know if it was right to talk hockey at this time. Um, you and I talked about it. We, uh, I think, mutually agreed that uh, we're going to go ahead and do this because this is what we do. And guess what? This is the American way, right? We talk about the things that we love. This is our job. This is what we do. So that's why we're here. Um, one, and can, one I, final, can I just – Yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah, no, no, go ahead. No, interject. Well, go, go. well, I was just going to say, and, and a night ago, the USA was cheering because the, the World Junior Hockey Team, Team USA, had that great win against the mighty Team Canada, and Twitter feed was, you know, was – Full of people saying USA, you know, getting the gold and everything, and what a great moment for for the for the for hockey for the United States, and you know, then we had this happen today. So it's uh, you know, but but we got to look at what happened yesterday. It was, it was a great another great success for for hockey in the United States to overpower the mighty uh, Canadian uh, uh, prospects and and the juniors, and then of course uh, what happens today, but. All right, and my final statement, uh, not only on what happened today, but on the pandemic itself, you'll probably notice every now and then, not every day, not every week, maybe not even once a month, but occasionally I'll look back at the numbers of lost lives and I'll I equate them to hockey terms. And I'll say, um, imagine if you woke up in the morning uh, and you were in the state of Arizona and uh, you'd slept really good all night and you wake up and the first thing you see on TV is, 451 hockey teams were killed last night in a horrendous explosion. They were they were at a at a rink uh, preparing for a big tournament, and all of a sudden, 451 20-man hockey teams were lost. What what would the world be like? How how would it be shaken, Stephen? If I were to bring that up from one state, that's what's happening with the pandemic. People are dying daily. Okay. And in every life, every life matters. So I'm so tired of people just saying, oh, yeah, well, whatever. No, no, no. It's not, oh, well, whatever. Put it in terms that would affect you. I mean, we were all deeply affected by, by the Humboldt tragedy of a bus crash, um, you know, that killed, what, 13, 14, 15 people and injured and changed the lives of scores of others. It, it, imagine if that happened 450 more times. And what happened here in Las Vegas when we lost 58 people or now 60 people from that tragedy? Imagine uh, one of those or 100 of those every day. I mean, we were. I mean, that was so tragic what happened. It shook our city. It shook the nation and, and with a guy what did what he did here in Las Vegas. And yet we're losing thousands of people a day to a virus that, yes, most people are going to be okay, but there's people dying from it. And yes, there's people that uh, most, a lot of them have other conditions, but a lot of them don't. Some of them don't. And I, I don't, what upsets me is people, they say, well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm probably, I'm young, I'll be okay. I'll probably survive it. You know, the, 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 uh, the death rate is, is low and everything. And, and all that may be true. But what if, what if, what about the people that have died? I mean, you look at people that have, have died that were perfectly healthy, that were in their yes. 40s, and that they thought, oh, I'd be okay if I get it. Well, they get it. And their body takes a horrible turn, and they pass away. 
you and know, it's like, thing, uh, why take thing that was, chance? Why take that chance? Why take that chance? Exactly. Why take the chance? You might be fine. You probably will be. But what if you're not? And now you're dead. I mean, I just, why take the chance? If you can prevent yourself from getting it, do what you can. We know the ways we can prevent it. Not 100%. You're still going to be some risks out there. But we got to, you just to completely say, I'm over this. And I'm just going to do whatever. And I, you know, I'm going to go out and infect other people. You know, if I, if I infect, you know, whatever. I just, I, it's just, I don't, I don't understand it, but. Yeah. And I agree with you a hundred percent on it is uh, it, it's a thought that it's just, it's just, I don't even know what the word is. I get so frustrated with it, but okay. So I said that was going to be my piece. Um, I think we need to come together as a country and just realize that uh, we need to do things as a whole. Um, we need to become what we used to be. We need to become what Team USA was on the ice last night. We need yeah. to take our barrel and jump our barrels every day and be happy with our successes and, and figure out ways to deal with our losses and, uh, and deal with it, right? The Canadians dealt with their loss. It was heartbreaking. It was hard on them. Yeah. But, yes. but they did it like, like these 20-year-old and younger men, boys, um, took it like a real adult, right? You don't think they were heartbroken and don't think they wanted to win? That's nothing wrong with giving your best effort and getting beat by something else. And that happens in politics, that happens in life, that happens in business, that happens in sports, it happens in everything. So that's my soapbox. Let's get off of it. Let's move on to ACHA hockey. We are going to talk some World Juniors tonight too. Um, I like to start, Stephen, like I do every night uh, on our show about uh, keeping, especially during the times of pandemic. We all know if there wasn't a pandemic right now, you and I would be talking about hockey games and we'd be saying, did you see the hat trick last night? Did you see the beautiful goal that was scored? Did you see the guy that made 45 saves in a shutout? That's what we would be talking about. But right now, for us here in the Southwest, that's not much of an option because nobody's playing games. So as I've been saying since last March, um, I like to highlight the, the guys that continually keep themselves relevant because I think that's important, especially in the club hockey world. So I'm going to give you the floor. I'm going to let you tell us about uh, UNLV hockey and how they're continually staying relevant. And I will shout them out because what a great uh, thing that they did. And you're, I'm not going to give, the, the, give it away. People have seen it maybe on, but you can talk about it. But they also joined us as partners. They see the future. They know what we can do together to grow the game. Go ahead, Stephen. Take it away. That's right. Yeah, we're glad to have them on as a, as a partner for, our, for us here at the at ITHSW podcast. And I have time, obviously, hockey. And, and so you, you know, we did. Uh, of course, we rang in a new year about a week ago. You know, you and I and Paul were doing a, a, a New Year's Eve uh, countdown kind of show, recap kind of show for 2020. And we rang in the, the New Year, at least live with the East Coast. And, of course, New Year's Day came along. And what did UNLV Hockey do? They released – they kept themselves in the mindset. They released their jerseys. They came out with some new jerseys or sweaters, depending on you know how, how you want to say it, uh, on New Year's Day. They rang and, – and if people haven't seen the pictures, they should go on the, the UNLV Rebel Hockey Twitter account and look at them because it's it's pretty, uh, pretty amazing. Um, What's really neat about these uh, these jerseys or sweaters, again, however you want to call them, uh, 
are, they they look very well put together. I mean, their jerseys always look nice, but these are really high quality. Uh, they partnered with uh, CCM Hockey. That's where the the jerseys are from. And of course, CCM, as we know, is a is a well established brand uh, within hockey, and uh, provides a lot of gear and equipment and, and, and apparel for for hockey players. And they did some shoot, photo shoots at the Cosmopolitan. They're on the ice rink up there at the Cosmopolitan Hotel or Resort here in Las Vegas. And uh, they, look, they look great. As we talk about UNLV's trying to put themselves out there, they want to be, they want to get to the next level. They want to, they want to show people that yes, they're a club team, but they are, they treat themselves, they act themselves, they brand themselves. Let's try to do that as more than what than that. Um, so they they took a big step forward. Uh, you look at these; they've got a couple of different designs. They got a, a, a white one uh, with some red lettering on it and uh, some gray gray trim on it, and then you got the, the black ones uh, with uh, with the UNLV. And they look they look some, somewhat similar to the ones they've had in the past, the black one, but it's just a different design. And what really is the nice thing about them, and I, this will make uh, this will make Dana Lane very happy. Is they have names on the back. That's what they're going to have now. They're going to have uh, they're going to have the names of the, the players. The, of course, the last name of the players, as well as their number on the back of their, which is something that that UNLV really hasn't had, except for when they do a couple of uh, special jerseys. Uh, but their normal jerseys that they would wear just had their numbers, and that was something that the players really wanted. In fact, I I reached out to to the coaches. Um, I was trying to gather some 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 stuff together for this show, or or potentially even to, to put together a little write up for the website, which may still happen, may not, I'm not sure. But anyways, I asked them, you know, what they, what they thought about the, obviously what went behind the jerseys, what, uh, you know, what was some of the players' uh, reaction. Uh, so head coach Anthony Veneri-Greener uh, basically said that, well, I asked him, I said, uh, you know, how did the jerseys come together, a little bit of a background. And uh, he said that they've always wanted to do a white one. Uh, they've done a third white jersey a couple of times uh, since Tim and Nick have been there at UNC at the helm, uh, but they decided they wanted to have a full-time white jersey with the name bars, and he said that the boys have earned that over time. So again, like going into their fifth season, the sixth season together as a, as a, as a coaching staff, it felt like the, the, the players deserved to, to have their names on the back to make, give themselves a little bit more of a, of a I guess, a credibility or whatever. And then I, you know, Nick then chimes in. He said that, uh, that they wanted to use a similar style to previous years with the, with the jerseys, uh, but also pay homage to the same to the rebel teams of the past that used white jerseys, which is something that they did. Um, those that have, know the history of UNLV hockey would may, may know that. Uh, then he said CCM is a trusted brand that makes some of the best jerseys around, uh, as I mentioned uh, earlier. So, and then I asked what were some of the reaction by the players. Um, you know, I had, didn't get a chance to reach out to them directly, but just through them and and uh, Nick Raboni said that they love the whites particularly in that the, they have the last names on the back. So there's that. And then I did take the opportunity to ask uh, because I, one of the things I wanted to know is, will we see these jerseys on the ice for a game this season? And so I, I then followed up and said, well, what is the <laughs> nice chances? Job. Nice what job, are the Stephen. Nice what are the chances? right there. <laughs> well, what are the chances, anything that they could officially report on the status of a season? And uh, they're not really saying much other than they're still patiently waiting uh, that they – can play. Well, we were hopeful, of course, January may be a start, but 
maybe not. Maybe still hopeful. Maybe they can get some games in this semester, but nothing official. Whether they aren't going to play or they are going to play, so uh, it's still a waiting game there. But at least we have some jerseys, and if we can get to some games this season or certainly by next season, then these jerseys will look very cool out on the ice uh, uh, at some point. We hope this season, but if it if it's not going to be this season, then then we'll look forward to them uh, next fall uh, for a full healthy. A full season, hopefully, of ACHA hockey. Wow, that was investigative reporting right there. You just kind of <laughs> you snuck around it. You wanted to get an answer about whether there might be hockey. Um, I'm not going to lie. I tried that with Nick as well. Uh, I, as everybody might know, or maybe they don't know, in uh, in two weeks, we're going to be at the beautiful D Hotel and Casino, the D Las Vegas, in uh, in, in your beautiful city. And uh, we are going to be doing live shows Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, right from the D at the Bar Canada. Uh, we are so thankful for the D for being able to, to make that happen for us and looking really forward to seeing our fans from, from Vegas. I know it's, it's still in the middle of the pandemic, so I understand it's not going to be quite as big as it would be if it wasn't. But um, So I asked Nick, I said, uh, I'd like to have you on our show on that Wednesday night. And... Uh, and he kind of coyly got around it by saying, like, I'd love to as long as we're not practicing or playing a game that night. And I said, oh, oh, that could be interesting. Could be interesting. So I kind of snuck up on him a little bit that way, too, just to see what his thoughts are. So I, I think we will have uh, Nick Roni on board with us unless there is a game that Wednesday night, which I doubt. Which but, uh, which which would be a very channel. which would which would be a very big surprise because we haven't seen any sort of schedule we haven't seen any sort of preparation <laughs> for that uh, we know the, the the Vegas Golden Knights are getting ready for a season and of course the American Hockey League is getting ready for a season but we're, again we still are unsure about an ACHA season for UNLV which again we're hopeful there will be one but we're not sure yet and I mean in regards to UNLV and some of the teams in the here in this area but. Um, we are going to see some hockey at those levels, at least. So, uh, well, I, I would, I don't rule them out. I, I, I do <laughs> suspect that we will have Nick Ramoni on that night because I, I more than likely there will not be a game or a practice that night. But I like the way he he did that. That was very, uh, that was very uh, creative. Of, I call it coy. Coy. <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. Yes. <laughs> okay. So. So that being said, as we talk about ACHA, and of course the, the chatter has been that uh, teams are getting back. Our our uh, presenting partner, Maryville University, uh, is back uh, doing some things on the ice. I know Danny Roy, I spoke with him the other night, uh, and he said he's hoping to get some three-on-three -three and some small group stuff started uh, either this week or next, which is encouraging. Um, I do want folks to be realistic, though, because this is what I think everybody looks at. Um, the NHL and even the AHL have a lot more dollars to, to test and to isolate, and it's a business for them. Uh, for NCAA and ACHA, it is not as much of a business. It is student-athletes. So they are going to err on the side of uh, caution to protect them. That being said, I think the biggest, if you want to call it, and I, I'm sure it's a disadvantage, but I think the biggest disadvantage for ACHA hockey is the fact that I don't think it's safe to have fans, certainly not a lot of fans, um, because that's where the spread happens. I think if the players are tested and if the players are uh, relatively, quote-unquote, in a bubble situation on their campuses and they can play games, and, and 
I, I think they can play games. I think that's safe. Uh, we saw what happened in the World Juniors. Uh, once they got to the bubble in Edmonton, everything went smoothly. We saw what happened at the uh, the pod for uh, the uh, NCHC. Once they got everybody there, it went pretty smoothly. Now, though, uh, and this is just uh, somewhat breaking news from this afternoon, but Colorado College and Denver were supposed to play a series Um Friday night in Denver and Saturday night in Colorado College, and that was announced today. That will be postponed to a later date because of COVID-related issues. Um, North Dakota and Omaha were supposed to play last weekend and this weekend. Both of them have been postponed due to COVID issues. So it, this stuff isn't going away, and we have to be prepared for that. But but that being said, as we talked to Chad Berman down in uh, the U of A a couple of weeks ago, he said that their school has laid out protocol that if uh, you can meet the requirements of their protocol as also the competitive team can meet those requirements, they have a good chance to play. So that that's what we know at this point. Uh, anything that you know on any other team, Stephen, that, uh, that might be budding or getting ready to play? Well, I think uh, you or both I know this because we had them on – a week last week or the week before was uh, the Utah's uh, situation. The the U or the Skate Mutes, who are we follow now, and and we they're hopeful that they can play. Uh, they sounds like they can. They say Utah is, is and the universe might allow allow them an opportunity to to do that. Uh, again, it's going to come down to who they can play. They've talked about travel restrictions uh, with 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 their level of hockey uh be able to go out of the state would be is going to be uh, something that they're not able to do right now so uh it looks like that utah might be able in a position where they will be able to play some games at some point um so that's i mean unless i miss anything from when we had had the coach on last week but uh so that was the situation we know in fact i want, I want to go back because i'm looking at the UNLV hockey twitter still and uh, just give them another another plug here since they are a partner with us now is is Minot State, which we knew already was playing games. They played in the fall, one of the few teams that did that. Well, they know did. Where you're going. Yes, they did come out with a schedule for 2021. That some of the games they're going to play, or of the games they're going to play, or hope to play if, if there's not any issues with COVID. And of course, UNLV, the, the guys that, which is pretty much, I mean, I, I'm sure it's Nick doing the Twitter. I, I'm not sure uh, who's in charge of it, who's in charge of it, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that. There's not that many people over there, so I'm sure he's involved with it in some way. But uh, they tweeted a uh, hashtag, Free Rebel, with the upside-down uh, uh, emoji and then uh, made the point that uh, they were going to be – that uh, they were going to play the Cyclones. Uh, in a, they said they were going to schedule to play Minot February 12th and the 13th, and then they said Free free Rebel, and then it's putting in there and starting that Cyclone hockey gets to uh, – Rude, of course, all in, in, in jest, of course. But uh, and then, of course, Cyclone Hockey <laughs> replied back. So they're getting, <laughs> saying with the gif of Jimmy Fallon saying, "Don't blame me." So <laughs> there's some fun, <laughs> fun, fun back and forth going on the on the Twitter feed. So so it sounded like that UNLV did have some games that they were planning to play, and if they were going to be able to start earlier. But now, obviously, they've had to readjust again. So the kind of we're kind of getting insights of stuff that that is going on uh, just for these little uh, little tweets and stuff, but. But well, we'll see what happens. I, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens in about a, a few weeks from now when we get towards, you know, well, it doesn't seem like any time in the next few weeks we're going to see anything. But maybe when we get to February, um, 
you know, we got to really see where COVID is at that point because now we're going to start to see the, the holiday returns on that. If people, a lot of people traveled, if a lot of people got together with holiday, you know, they advise people not to. What, you know, they still expect maybe the worst of worst of the, the pandemic going to maybe hit us here soon. You know, what's going to happen with, with the vaccine, all those things. So we've got to see what happens. But, um, but, and it's not as, yeah. it's not as easy and it's not as easy for them to pull it off, as you said, than, than the NHL or the AHL. It's not going to be easy for them too, but, um, but it's they've got more resources at them than than they do at the ACHA level. So that's that's the difference too, which we've mentioned before. Okay, and, and the other thing I want to bring up on that part of it is is the ACHA does have the ability to sit back and see what happens with with teams that are already playing. Like um, the NCAA teams are playing, and, and they have a chance to look at it and see, okay, what's working? How are they doing it? How how is how are things happening? What are the pitfalls? How do we avoid those if we do come back and start playing? Uh, then I think the next step is NHL and AHL. And the reason I say that, Stephen, is if the NHL and the AHL are able to get underway and, and have relatively few issues, um, certainly, and I'll use uh, the U of A as an example, is the Tucson Roadrunners play in the same building. Um, so they're going to have to put ice in uh, prior to February 5th so they can uh, start playing. So if the ice is in and there's a way for them to, p- to play in practice, um, there's a chance that uh, U of A will get their, their crack at it. Uh, and same thing in, in Vegas. If, if, if things are working well at the Orleans for, for the Silver Knights, uh, that might give uh, Rebel um, UNLV administrators at least uh, a little bit of leeway to go, okay, if you follow these protocols, you can play hockey. So uh, the next – now, I would say two to four weeks are going to be really, really exciting. It is interesting to me that that the uh, the American Hockey League, which is the you know, it's, which is what the Silver Knights are going to be playing in, uh, is moving forward. It's not that's not interesting that most of the teams are are opting to do that. That's going to be set up similar to the NHL. They're going to stay within divisional te- uh, play and and everything. And actually, a couple of the teams based more in California are going to change where they're going to play their games. And that probably is due to the fact that there's still going to be a long ways before they can have any fans. Like, the, for example, the San Diego Goals are going to not play in San Diego. They're going to play, you know, in Irvine, which is where the Ducks are. Of course, this is the Ducks' prospect, so it makes makes sense that they can play in Irvine there where there's, you know, they don't have to really have to worry about a lot of attendance because they're not going to be able to have that. Not, not only that, Stephen, but they are, as you mentioned, part of the Ducks' organization. Right. And if they're there instead of in San Diego, that chance for testing, the chance mm-hmm. to uh, to keep players safe, um, and if there are call-ups or uh, guys being sent back and forth, it's much more convenient. I know San Diego is not that far away, but it's much more convenient to be uh, 15 miles down the street from the uh, the Honda Center. And they're doing the same thing with the with the Kings one with Ontario. They're not going to play in Ontario. They're going to play in El Segundo, which is where the where the Kings facility is, and so they can play the games there. I, I was thinking maybe the Silver Knights might do something like that. You know, they've got Lifeguard Arena, which is where they're going to practice, and that's where their, their headquarters are at. And I thought maybe at least in the beginning, if they're not going to be able to have anybody at the Orleans, maybe they move the games over there to the facility. But it sounds like the plan is to still be in the Orleans. Now, when we get to February, can they even have anybody yet, or will it be an empty Orleans for the games? We don't know yet, but they're still playing on the Orleans. So, yeah, you're right. If, if they can get that going and they can get that going – safely then that might look good for for UNLV so and, and same with the Golden Knights too but I think a lot of it's going to be relying on the AHL because it's it's not quite it's, it's is 
NHL caliber, but it's not quite the NHL caliber. So, uh, but both of them, if if they show that they can have success and and uh, and UNLV, and the other thing too with UNLV is now the basketball team, as I mentioned this before, and I always go back to this because it's kind of the big sport right now for UNLV that they want to focus on is the NCAA basketball team, and they're going to get ready to start playing again. They've been haven't been able to play for about a month with COVID issues. The coach got it. I think some of the other players got it. So there's been a, a pause on the program there for about a month. Well, now they're going to get ready to start resuming again, and if they can get going again and there's not really any major hiccups, then maybe that looks good for, for, for the club sports, for UNLV Red Bull Hockey, to maybe get a chance to play. So we'll have to monitor that as well. Yep, absolutely. Let's, uh, let's take a quick break. Let's hear from some of our partners, and then you and I will come back and we'll talk some more ACHA hockey, and then we'll lead it into this uh, fantastic World Junior Championships that ended. We'll talk about the tie-ins to, uh, to our area. Uh, guys that are uh, either drafted prospects or are going to be making their move to the NHL possibly uh, very soon. So we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. UNLV Rebel Hockey, located in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada, is proud to partner with Ice Time Hockey Southwest. As a premier ACHA Division I university, UNLV offers a unique chance to play college hockey. Experience a pro setting in Hockey Mad Las Vegas while you earn your degree in any of our over 300 majors in one of the world's destination cities. If this sounds right for you, then visit us at rebelhockey.com to get your future started today. I can't wait to get to Las Vegas and check out the fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No. Stopping at Jesse Ray's Barbecue for lunch. Oh, that fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by a fence of ribs? I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's Barbecue. Located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. When looking for a place to continue your education, think of the boxes that Maryville University checks off. Big City Access, Maryville is located in the St. Louis suburbs. Small school feel, Maryville's average class size is less than 15. Vibrant Campus, Maryville is the second fastest growing private university in the country. With over 3,000 undergrad students on campus and more than 10,000 online, Maryville University is able to provide a cutting edge, robust learning experience for the 21st century. From the sciences to education to business and more, our undergrad and graduate programs promise an individualized, hands-on experience that is truly crafted for today's student. For more information on our campus life programs, admissions, or more, visit our website at maryville.edu. Hi everybody, this is Jay from Oxyfal. You probably know our products for being used on your gear to eliminate the odor and bacteria from your sports gear and, and your gym and all that stuff. Um, in, in light of current events, uh, we have uh, switched up and added a new product to our production line. It's called our Have a Nice Day Hand Sanitizer. 
Um, it is exclusively for use on your skin, whereas our other uh, products have been exclusively for use on your fabrics and, and, and gear. Uh, this product is available here at my shop. It's available on my website at www.oxypow.com. And you can pick it up or we can ship it to you anywhere in the United States. At the heart of any good cocktail is the quality of the spirit used. And if you want to make the best margaritas, or if you just want a straight shot of the best tasting tequila, then Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila is the brand for you. Award-winning Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila has the taste you want to make perfectly blended cocktails, whether you're celebrating an overtime game winner with friends or relaxing by the pool after a long work day. Find your bottle, be it in Arizona or elsewhere in the U.S. Visit us at MexicanMoonshine.com. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, award-winning taste since 2011. Free game like a pro, host game like a champion at College Bar and Grill. Located in downtown Tempe at 740 South Mill Avenue, College Bar and Grill is the place for the best local craft beers, tasty food, and Tempe's best atmosphere for Arizona State Athletics. A short walk from Sun Devil Stadium or Desert Financial Arena. Stop by for lunch or dinner, game day or any day. College Bar and Grill. If you live in the Valley, you know that there are no shortage of options when it comes to eating Mexican food. But if you want authentic taste combined with a fair price and a relaxed atmosphere, then head to Burrito Express. For the breakfast burritos, which are served all day, to the combination plates for lunch, Burrito Express delivers that homemade taste you would expect from your own kitchen. Try all of our authentic Mexican recipes at any of our six East Valley locations, from Scottsdale to Gilbert and all points in between. ASU alumni owned and operated since 1995. Go to burritoexpress.com and check out our menu or find a location to order for fast pickup or delivery. Your hometown hockey team. Your Western Collegiate Hockey League champions. Your Arizona Wildcats. Tickets for Arizona hockey are now on sale. Support your Wildcats as they battle ASU for another Cactus Cup championship and more at the Tucson Arena. Your hockey team, your Arizona Wildcats. Call 791-4101 for tickets now. Looking for a big school college hockey experience in a small school setting? Then Maryville University could be for you. Playing in the brand new 2,000-seat Maryville University Hockey Center, the Saints enjoy a first-class athletic experience as the men compete against ACHA powers such as Lindenwood, Central Oklahoma, and Missouri State. This year, the D1 men's team will start their third season of competition, adding an ACHA D2 men's team, as well as a new ACHA D1 women's team. All three teams will call this two-sheet, 84,000-square-foot arena home and give any player a varsity-level feel. Located in the suburbs of St. Louis, 
Maryville is the second fastest growing private university in the country and offers both a world-class education and a first-class athletic experience. For more, go to MaryvilleSaints.com. All right, we're back. Club Hockey Southwest Weekly prevent, presented by those Maryville Saints and the University, uh, Maryville University, I should say. Uh, beautiful campus, beautiful hockey facility, beautiful location just outside of St. Louis. Scott Strandy with you in Scottsdale, Arizona tonight. My co-host is always Stephen Marsh, uh, just hanging out up there in that beautiful city of Las Vegas, Nevada. Stephen, um, we had a chance to uh, to talk ACHA hockey before uh, the break. Uh, when we come out of the break, now let's talk a little bit about ACHA women's hockey and where that stands. I know you uh, you keep up on some of the uh, the teams that we have, or maybe all of the teams, I don't know. But uh, next week we're going to have the head coach from the University of Utah on uh, and get a chance to visit with her. She's got a uh, brand-new title and a brand-new job. But uh, a lot of teams are, are still trying to stay relevant, aren't they? Yeah, they they are. Uh, for the women's side, what we know is the ASU women aren't, aren't going to be playing uh, this season. Uh, as we said, the Arizona State there has not allowed any of the club sports to, 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 to play this year. So that, of course, includes the men's and the women's hockey teams. But but so I will say, I, I think they're going to jump into three-on-three action again uh, through the uh, Oceanside Ice Arena because the men – uh, are going to get the option to uh, sign up for that three-on-three stuff for a spring tournament. So I haven't heard that officially yet. I just think they might be leaning that way. Okay, well, that'd be great. I mean, it's like it'd be able to get them get some hockey in. I'm, I'm sure they're disappointed that they, they can't play, but obviously understand the, the importance of what everything is going on with the virus and make sure everybody's safe there. And if, hopefully they can, they can put their attention into – Playing a good full season next year, and and which may not necessarily be a bad thing. We've, we've debated that if some in some cases would that be better, um, but you know, they, sure they want to play and, and the opportunity to play, but a lot of those players I'm sure will be will be coming back. It's so they'll be able to, to work up to that. And um, other than that, I've really heard much about the other women's teams. Uh, we're gonna have the Utah on. That's that'll be great. We'll kind of get an update right, on that. Right now. Braden yep. Yao is going to be coming out with us next week, so we look forward to uh, to visiting with Braden. I know she just got herself a new assistant coach, too, or maybe not too new, but uh, it might have been a little – yeah, I guess November was when they, they brought Amanda uh, – I'm going to get this right, I think. Peranto? Peranto? I'll give it a shot. Uh, and and I, love that, I love, as I said two weeks ago, Stephen, with uh, – when we had Morgan on from, from the men's side at Utah, I said uh, I love that hashtag. New to the U. That's catchy. New to the U. Not quite as good as my quad pod of hockey, but new to the U is really good. Well, yeah, yeah, it's it's good. You're right. It's a, it's a good it's a little good little uh good little hashtag there. Uh yeah, your quad to the pod I'm sure is is your favorite all-time favorite one and and that <laughs> who's, who's to I'm argue just, that, right? Who's to argue that? Quad pod of hockey. I just love it. Four four <laughs> podcasts, seven thirty p.m. Mountain Time, all the way yeah. through. But there yeah, so, so we're hoping that 
that maybe things get going for Utah or they find some way to stay relevant, like I've been saying. That's what it's all about in club hockey. You need to let your fan base know that you're still there and that you're coming back and that you're you're fighting through the COVID stuff and eventually you're going to be on the ice and that they're going to want your support. So we did um, we did see a couple we did see a couple of the uh, the women's leagues and some of the other uh, women's leagues uh, in the ACHA uh, decide to cancel their season. So um, you know, I mean, it's it's unfortunate, but maybe not not completely surprising. So um, you know. You have to respect but, every but decision think, that's made. But but don't you think the creativity of maybe having a rink sponsor uh, or offer an opportunity to play three-on-three three or something is a really good idea uh, if they can't go out places or the university won't let them? Uh, we watched what UNLV men did. We watched what ASU men did this fall. Um, and, and they seemed to have a lot of fun, and they stayed relevant, and uh, they're still doing their fundraising stuff and things like that. So I think that's a lot, uh, a lot to look forward to as well. Yeah, I think so. I think that it certainly doesn't hurt if you're able to, to put something like that together and, and can be done and, and you get to go ahead to do something like that. Uh, you know, whether, whether you can have people watch or not, or just be able to get out on the ice and skate around and, and, and be able to do that. It, it certainly doesn't, doesn't hurt, hurt to do that, but the alternative would just be not doing that and just be being at home or not being able to skate at all. So at least you can kind of get some skating in if, if you're not going to be able to play some games. Yeah, totally agree. Okay, so we'll look forward to ACHA hockey, men's and women, coming back sometime. We just don't know when, but we're going to stay on top of it, and we will let you know as things happen down the road. Um, let's spend the last, I don't know, 15 minutes or so of the show, Stephen, and talk about the World Juniors because um, not only was it great hockey, but – what, what I saw was a group of guys, especially from Team USA, come together. We talked about Canada, 21st-round picks, one of them being Kirby Doc, who got hurt um, before uh, the tournament even started in a preliminary practice game, if you will, exhibition game. Um, and I don't know if you saw the, the thing from TSN, but when he came back and or a couple of days into the, the preliminaries, he sat down with the guys from TSN and they said, you know, did you know right away you were injured? He said, well, right away I thought my stick broke. I heard it snap, and it wasn't his stick. It was his wrist. Oh, You want to talk about, you want to talk about hockey tough when you think your <laughs> stick snapped and you realize that your stick did not? It was the bone oh. in your wrist? Wow. Um, wow. He, he's a tough dude. He is a really tough dude. Okay, I, always, so- I always think about how tough hockey players are. I, don't, I mean, we – you know, we – some of these sports, I mean, yeah, I mean, athletes are athletes and they're strong and, and physical and all the sports. But, I mean, hockey I mean, these players, they whatever, no matter what level, they go out on the ice, they get their teeth knocked out in a lot of cases, and they get them – that would be painful. And they come back and they're on the ice. Or they get their head cut or they're bleeding, and they get stitched up and they're back out on the ice in five minutes. I, I it just – it, they break, I mean, it has to take something really serious, and we see it, unfortunately, for a player to not be able to come back up. But, I mean, the, people are right. And then when the, in the playoffs, you know, we don't really realize it because everything's really tight-lipped in the, in the playoffs. But we see after the fact when we have usually these end-of-season right. availabilities, we find out after the fact these players are playing through all sorts of stuff. that, And it just it gives you an affirmation of exactly – you know, when we talk about the playoffs, we get you know, like, why aren't they doing this? Why are you first to this? You know, and that's and yeah, all that's. But then we realize a lot of these players are playing hurt, 
in the playoffs. And the difference this year with the bubble is players came in healthy because they had all this time off, but then some injuries did persist, and, and then we don't know about it until after the fact, and then you realize, wow, these are some tough dudes. <laughs> and then that's at the NHL level, that's certainly at every level we see that. So I'll just add that little aside on that. <laughs> yeah, well, and that's a good point. And one of the things that I wanted to bring up was, uh, you know, not only do we cover club hockey at ISEM Hockey Southwest and ITHSW podcast, but we also cover NCAA and we cover uh, NHL. And uh, our graphic designer does a great job for us, Zach Bondurant, uh, put together a little slideshow. I don't know if you've seen that yet. Uh, I put it up on, uh, on my Facebook page. I also put it up on Instagram. But he showed uh, the guys that uh, have played uh, in the um, in, in the World Juniors and uh, the gold medal guys, uh, John Ferranucci, for example, with the Coyotes. Uh, and then the Coyotes also had two other players. Uh, they had a Finnish player, uh, Akurati, and uh, Victor Soderstrom from Sweden that also were part of it. Uh, I got a feeling Mr. Ferranucci and uh, Mr. Soderstrom uh, have very soon futures with the Arizona Coyotes. I'm going to let you tell us about the guys with the uh, the Golden Knights because I know you saw uh, Brendan Brisson for sure and, of course, Peyton Krebs, but but also Caden uh, Korzak as well. So tell us a little bit about the uh, Vegas Golden Knight players that you saw and what you thought of their play uh, during the tournament. Well, they all had pretty good impact. You know, we – we we mentioned about Canada. They have, I mean, this this is like the uh, it's like the dream team of uh, of prospects. I mean, you know, ten first round, you know, lot, ten first round picks, or maybe more than that, and uh, and and just all this these tough big prospects. And of course, Peyton Krebs, who is a Golden Knights prospect, was was drafted in the first round this this past year or no last year, two thousand nineteen, I think, not this year, this year. But uh, and then uh, you know you know Caden Korzak as well, and of course Brendan Brisson. Um, I think was the first round pick this year, but uh, yeah, so he yeah, was the first one this year. No, he was the first and one this year. Yeah, last was, year. And, then, yeah. and I remember, and it dawned on me because, and it just reminded me that Krebs was last year because it was in person, and I remember Krebs went up there with the with the scooter or whatever. He was still in his his cast or whatever because he had a, a pretty bad injury, and people looked at that it was kind of like both of the Golden Knights. Maybe it seemed like because here you see a player that's he's got an injury, and and the Golden Knights. Uh, took a chance on him and he's a great player and he's obviously he's recovered now and he's made an impact for team USA. He, in some of those games that was, was factored in the scoring on, on, a, on a several of occasions. So, um, so all, all these players have, have great uh, impact for, for the golden Knights. And so it was pretty nice to see uh, Brisson get the gold and, and, and really enjoy the time with his teammates. Uh, he will be going back to University of Michigan. But for the other two, actually, they're going to be coming here to Vegas and joining the Golden Knights training camp and be able to part of that. They might have to go through a quarantine period before that, but once they get through that, they can maybe be with the Golden Knights for the last bit of camp because it's unsure what their seasons are going to look like when they, you know, in, in their leagues that they, they play in, if they're going to be able to, in what way they'll be able to play games if, if they get a lot, if those leagues go forward. So um, they're going to get, to get some chance to get some practice in here with the with the Golden Knights training camp. Brendan Brisson, who's committed to, to Michigan, he's going back the, with them. And, of course, he's been great with Michigan too. So, yeah, go, some good prospects for the Golden Knights. And and actually one thing that I, I, it was amazing to me to see these all these players out, especially Team USA and, and, and Team Canada and, the, and, and Finland too, they played great as well, is it just looked at me as I see that the future of the, the NHL, because, you know, Team USA and, and Team Canada has a lot of the, 
the prospects of these different teams. And I just think, how great is the future of the league? I mean, these are these are guys going to be in the league. I mean, and that's what's so great about the World Juniors is a lot of these players end up in NHL players. I mean, uh, they've mentioned uh, John Gibson, who won an MVP in one year with 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 Team USA and in the juniors. And of course, he's been great with the Ducks in his career. And and now you see, um, you know. Team USA this year, so uh, it's it's great, and I think the the future of the league is in good hands if these are some of the guys that will get their opportunity to play because there's some pretty good talent out there. Well, let me tell you how important it was for Anaheim and uh, the LA Kings. Yeah, they had uh, a lot of night. Them. Yeah, and after the uh, the celebration was over last night, uh, the Kings, I believe, the Kings or the Ducks, one of the two, sent a uh, private jet to Edmonton to pick up their prospects and bring them back. To the LA slash Anaheim area, so uh, I think there's four or five of them that yeah. uh, that boarded a private jet and flew on back straight back there. So, how important do you think they are in the process of rebuilding? And and one of them that I thought was just outstanding was Trevor Zegras. I thought he had a fantastic tournament. Oh, he did. Yeah, he was he was real impressive, and and uh, I like that. Yeah, they all I they all came together, and uh, they're going to come. They flew back to, to Southern California after that on that private jet, so that was uh, pretty good. Yeah, you right mentioned Zgress, and I, I just read the article. I'm just looking at the article now and uh, remembering that he did get the MVP. I, I saw it last night, but I couldn't remember off the top of my head. But Trevor Zegers, yeah, he got the tournament MVP. And uh, Alex Turcott was another one that factored in pretty well for Team USA, and, of course, he's the Kings prospect. So uh, the future of the Kings and the Ducks is in good hands. They they had a lot of the their prospects factor in for Team USA in this uh in this tournament and so that was pretty good it's gonna kill us because you know golden knights are such rivals with the ducks and the kings <laughs> over the years but you know it's it's uh, it's gonna make for some great rivalries uh when because the ducks and the kings will get better and and i would expect them to to improve because uh, when they're good they're really good teams and so uh these certainly these kids will hopefully be a, a part of that and you never know. Uh, we could see them okay. on the as well as as well as the Golden Knights prospects, and certainly the ones for Colorado, which we cover, and and, and Phoenix or Arizona as well. So before we jump over to uh, to the goaltenders, uh, I'm going to throw out another Minnesota boy because it's obligatory. <laughs> I must talk about a Minnesota boy, but I oh, thought well, Bobby, we wait. I thought it took you it took you 50 <laughs> minutes into the show today. I thought that must be a new record. I waited this long. <laughs> uh, uh, I thought Bobby Brink had a really good tournament. I don't know if he even got. I think he got an assist or two, but but uh, his line was all over the ice and causing havoc for everybody. And I think that line generated so much energy that helped propel Team USA. And, and Bobby, of course, is a sophomore at, at uh, the University of Denver. And, uh, and hopefully we'll be having him on our NCAA show very soon. But um, I thought his play was really well. Uh, just a little background. I, I know his dad, Andy, and actually used to play uh, summer golf tournaments against him in northern Minnesota. So, um his dad is a fantastic golfer. Bobby's a good golfer, but I think he's got a career with the Philadelphia Flyers as being one of their draft picks. Okay, so that's it for the for that part. There's more Minnesota kids we could talk about, but that's okay. We'll we'll leave that aside for now. I want to talk about the goaltending. Uh, let's start with Team USA and the job that Spencer Knight did. Uh, tell me how difficult this must be if you can put yourself in his shoes. Uh, game one out of the shoots, they play Russia. He doesn't have his best game. He makes a, a, a horrendous error uh, in, in judgment when he threw the puck up the boards and couldn't get back, and uh, they scored on it. Um, 
and and they lose the game, and uh, he's pulled during that game, and Dustin Wolf comes in, and then Dustin Wolf plays the next game because he was scheduled to. Um, but the mental toughness of Spencer Knight, absolutely incredible. Three shutouts uh, after that, and a shutout in a gold medal game against a team like Canada. Just uh, think about putting yourself in his shoes as a 20-year-old kid. Yeah, I don't know if I, I don't know if I can. I mean, at 20 years old, I was going to to college. I was I, I was like just studying to be a journalist, and I I couldn't imagine being a, a guy of this magnitude, being playing hockey. That's his you know passion, and and trying to to get his and trying to get a, a good career of playing that, and 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 being so on this big stage in in Edmonton, playing for uh, team Team USA, and to and to have that to have that happen. Uh, you know, I, I was thinking about the, the the contrast between these two teams, and everyone talks about how you know Team USA and Team Canada matched up, and, and obviously everyone fit to thought oh, Team Canada is, is the, the powerhouse, and they and they were. But I think the the what gave Team USA a little bit of an edge was it, and they talked about this during the broadcast, and I think a little bit of the post game afterwards is how battle tested Team USA was. They had some really tough games. You mentioned that first game, and yeah, they pulled them, they put the other guy in, and and they lost, and then they had to bounce back. There were some, some resilient. I think in the, the semifinal game, they were up three nothing, and then and then they it was three two, so it was it was getting real tight. You look at Team Canada, and they really weren't content, really didn't have a really any sort of tri- tribulation trial throughout the whole thing. They dominated, breezed through. It seemed like you know dominated, shut out everybody. It's, I don't know if they they might have given up a goal or two, but I mean I think they did. But it wasn't. It was pretty dominant. Uh, performance for Team Canada, and so when you came to Team USA versus Team Canada, you know Team USA had some more uh, battle testing than maybe uh, Team Canada was, and maybe that was what gave Team USA the edge. But uh, the goaltending is is was great uh, for for Team USA, and it was great to see see him do well. Of course, we mentioned uh, Knight; he's the top draft pick by the Florida Panthers, and he got his third shutout of the tournament. And that ties the record set by Canada's Devin Levy uh, this year and, and Justin Pogg in uh, 2006. So there you go. The other guy, Levi, for Canada, had three as well. And and then uh, – and, so. and let, let me throw this one. I don't know if you knew this or not, but he is also a draft pick of the Florida Panthers. So you could see Devin Levy and Spencer Knight uh, as a goaltending tandem for the Florida Panthers for a long, long time. And they, And that would be – they would be in good hands. Uh, Florida Panthers are kind of one of those teams that have maybe shown some improvements and have been kind of on the cusp of maybe getting tasting the playoffs. And uh, certainly in the future, and of course, we look down the road a little bit for some of these for some of these players. And some of these a lot of these players, it takes years. I you even can go back to like the Derek England, who we've talked about when he retired, spent nine years in the minors before getting a chance to play in the NHL. Some of these players are further along the depth are probably get an NHL opportunity. Some may not, but yeah, it's, it's, if they get that opportunity, uh, Florida, it'll be a good, they'll be in good hands with, with these two guys because they just are top notch and, and you need some good goalies. Obviously we see what good goaltending can get you. Uh, Vegas has certainly been fortunate with that and, and hope to, we have good two goaltenders going this season and, and, and we see how far that can get you. So uh, good goaltending, this will be great for the goalie union, but you need some, you need good goalies if you're going to be a <laughs> successful team. 
Absolutely, the Vegas Golden Knights know that very well. But uh, here's the comparison. As you look at Devin Levy and you look at uh, Spencer Knight right now, they're both bought at the same level, it appears. Uh, but but when you look at was drafted in 2020, seventh round, number 212. Uh, Spencer Knight was a first-round pick. Uh, a year or two ago. 2019. Yeah, two, that says 2019. 2000, top, top draft pick by the yeah. Florida Panthers, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, you're talking about a number one and a number seven, and right now they've both developed to be real, real similar uh, as far as uh, their their talent levels. So you never know. That's the thing with goaltenders. But I thought it was so much fun to watch the styles of play in the World Juniors because uh, they, they're both solid. But I'm telling you, Spencer Knight – and I made this comment about 10 times to the air last night when I was just watching it. <laughs> Nobody was here to hear me, but <laughs> as I was as I was watching Spencer Knight, I was saying, like, he squares himself up, and he just stays there, right? And he lets the puck come right into him, and then he controls the rebound. And, and the reason I bring that up is that we've been watching uh, ASU play NCAA hockey, and we've watched uh, Evan DeBrower make some huge saves uh, in the last few games. But he's also made a bunch of saves where he's given up big rebounds, and uh, some of them have turned into goals. And we're going like, man, if Evan DeBrower could just control the rebounds. So uh, that's an NCAA player, a little bit older than these guys, but that just tells you how good Spencer Knight is because he plays in you know, Boston College anyway uh, in the NCAA. But that just tells you how good he is to be able to control rebounds like that. Uh, Devin Levy, I, I I like him a little bit more like uh, I liken him a little bit more like uh, a Mark Andre Fleury. He's a little flashier, likes to move around and do things. But but man, Spencer Knight is just a rock, and I can't wait to see him at the next level. Yeah, it'll be it'll be fun. I think uh, just kind of close the book on this. Uh, it was a great tournament. And this tournament always uh, seems to do. This always seems to be great because there's, there's so much at stake. Obviously, for these young players, they give them a chance to. Showcase, uh, a lot of them, as we mentioned, have been already been drafted, so their teams are watching them play in this tournament. Uh, obviously, there's the pride of their country. It represented it was, what was lacking this year, obviously, for obvious reasons, was a crowd. There was nobody in the building. But, uh, you know, next year it's going to be back in Edmonton, and hopefully, you know, fans will be allowed there. And, 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 and the environment for the World Juniors, the crowds are always great, just like you would see in an in a inter uh What's well, the word I'm looking for? Inter international type tournament uh, is like we see with the Olympics, and of course you got the Olympics is going to be next year as well. So uh, you know, so with the Winter Olympics, and so we will have to see what happens with that with the NHL or if they're going to participate. So we're going to have the World Juniors, and we'll have we'll have the NHL or we'll have the uh, Olympics. So it's going to be a lot of chances for us to see some international play with 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 young prospects and more seasoned guys and. And that's just great uh, because uh, we need that after the year we we've been through this last year. And, <laughs> Boy, and, you uh, said it. And this year, of course, as we've predicted, was not gonna was gonna maybe continue a little bit of 2020. But as we hopefully get to the next quarter or next half of, or maybe even before that, as we get towards later this year, and certainly by 2022, then there'll be a lot of things we are can be happy for and cheer for and and be and be ready to uh, to see. Okay, a couple of housekeeping things before you give us your read. Uh, just want to remind people that we are, in fact, going to Vegas for uh, Vegas Week, the 17th through the 20th. 
will be at the beautiful uh, Las Vegas, the, the D Hotel, Las Vegas, the D Las Vegas. There, I got it, the D Las Vegas. We're also going to sneak on over to uh, Circa and check that out and see how things are uh, are going over there. A big thank you to Derek Stevens for having us on board and uh, for jumping on board as a presenting partner of Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. Also, our Sunday special start up again this Sunday. Uh, the Arizona Coyotes are our feature team uh, this week. Next week, we'll have uh, the Vegas Golden Knights, and the week after, we'll have the Colorado Avalanche. So uh, keep your eyes peeled to their YouTube channel, Ice Time SW, for our Sunday specials, and also the website at IcetimeHockeySW.com. And then in December, we'll tease this out a little bit farther. The first couple of Sundays, first three Sundays in uh, February, we will have uh, – did I say December. <laughs> I think you did say You're either looking way far ahead or you're looking behind, which please don't look behind because we just got through 2020. Let's not look behind. But looking no. way ahead of, end of no, December I, already, that's that's really I, good. <laughs> We're looking at February. How about February. that? February. That's, we that's break, better. We will break down our three AHL teams as they get ready to start their season uh, with the uh, Tucson Roadrunners, the Henderson Silver Knights, and, of course, the Colorado Eagles. And we will also have all of our NCAA coverage and anything that happens in ACHA hockey. You and I will uh, continue to bring it to you every Wednesday night on Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Take it away, my friend. Maryville University and Maryville Saints Hockey has presented Club Hockey Southwest Weekly, which is also brought to you by Verizon, the 5G and 5G Ultra brand for business that America has been waiting for. Maryville University and Maryville Saints Hockey. Come to the greater St. Louis area and get a first-class education and a first-class hockey experience. Caesars Entertainment. Wherever you're bound, there's bound to be a Caesars Resort across the U.S. or worldwide. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila. Ultra smooth, Arizona-owned. Go to MexicanMoonshine.com and try our original cocktail recipes. By OxyPow. Visit our full line of natural cleaning products at OxyPow.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas, where it always seems like it takes you longer to decide what to eat than to actually eat it. By Summer Skates, doesn't matter what season, we still like to keep our drinks cold. Get your personalized koozies and shower shoes. Go to icetimehockeysw.com partners and click on the Summer Skates banner. The University of Arizona, and we can add in UNLV as we welcome them on as well. By M-Drive, presenting partner of what drives you, M-Drive in the morning, relax at night, our two-step system for energy, stamina, recovery. And by Behind the Mask, in the net, up the ice, or in line, serving the Arizona hockey community and beyond since 1994. Maryville University and Maryville Hockey's Club Hockey Southwest Weekly and all of the Ice Time Hockey SW podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app, available for download at Apple Podcasts, Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and on the TuneIn app. Just ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcasts. Club Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by Maryville University, and Maryville Hockey is a part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Very well done, my friend. I will remind everybody that next week uh, on our show, we have a special guest from the University of Utah. The uh, women's head hockey coach, Braden Yao, is going to join us. So we look forward to having Braden on and uh, talking a little bit about Utes, skating Utes women's hockey. It should be fun. Um, also, of course, stay tuned to uh, everything that we're doing in the NHL and AHL. 
uh, lots of stuff to come. And, of course, Sunday night is College Hockey Southwest Live. Um, bringing on a special guest who covered the pod for Midco Sports. Alex Heinert is scheduled to join us Sunday night, so you won't want to miss that. And uh, as we push forward uh, to that magical goal of 10,000 downloads, we suggest that you subscribe, download, enjoy all of our shows anytime you want, anywhere you get your podcasts. We'll say goodnight tonight with uh, little Roger Klein and the Peacemakers. Stephen, thanks for all you do. As always, I will see you shortly in Vegas, and uh, we'll get going on some hockey stuff. How about that? I like it. Let's do it. Let's do that hockey, as uh, as, was, as a famous quote <laughs> says there. So thanks to everybody for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. Hey.